Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best free fantasy basketball tools and articles on the internet. If you have not checked out HashtagBasketball.com by now, either this might be your first time listening to this podcast, which in case that's true, welcome. Uh, it's This is a fantasy basketball podcast. You are joining in the middle of January. It's a little late, but there's still a lot of good content. But if you've been listening for a while and haven't gone to HashtagBasketball.com, what are you doing? Like, we've been plugging these guys every single episode. I don't know why I'm getting mad at the listeners, so I'm, I'm going to stop and say, go to HashtagBasketball.com. They're great. I'm your host, Mike Catron, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, today's question happens to be about fantasy basketball. Aren't you excited about that? Really? I I am, because usually I have to figure out, like, what sandwich I want to eat. And, uh, you know, corned beef is the answer to that one. Oh. That's a bonus question for the listeners. I was going to go pastrami on roll. Ooh, also good. All right, so um, we got a good question, and I thought I would open it up to you because this is kind of an interesting, number one, interesting league that I like, and then number two, interesting question that I like. All right, let me me hear about the interesting league first. Okay, so this is a head-to-head dynasty league that uses – that has a salary cap and it uses real players' salaries and contracts. So not only are you like saying, okay, this guy went off his rookie deal, he got a big raise, now your roster might be in a crunch, but real contracts too. So if the player leaves their team via free agency in real life, you lose them off your fantasy team and they enter the free agent slash rookie draft. Interesting. I like it. I like it. So that's almost like so. If someone leaves due, due to free agency, they're back in the draft. You still have to so like, you probably have to let people go fairly often. Even if they get resigned, you're like, well, this guy just got a max deal. I can't afford that. I have to let some other people go. So they get back into the draft. So it's like a keeper league, except for it's not like oh that guy has the best keepers. This league's gonna be over for the next six years. It's uh, It brings a little bit more uh, variety, a little bit more randomness that uh, I think would allow a dynasty league to stay interesting because I think maybe some people uh, out there who aren't huge into dynasty leagues, um, like they get a little bored with the fact that they're going to have this team forever. And then in this particular case, if free agencies go back into the uh, – free agents go back into the draft, uh, that, that spices up the uh, – I think that spices up the league a little bit more. I like it. Oh, it definitely spices things up because, I mean, you could build like a team for a run. And then if all those guys leave in free agency when they become free agents, you could literally like be right down to the bottom uh, real fast. So it could get real hairy. Um, yeah, you got to gotta pay attention to those, uh, those real life contracts. Yeah, and sometimes those real life contracts can change on a dime. I mean, we saw Robert Covington get that kind of big extension last year from Philly. And sometimes, you know, things kind of come out of the blue a little bit with those too. So that can be, it can make it a little more interesting even. Absolutely. So what's the, uh, what's the question about this very particular league that I, I like these particular leagues. Okay. So um, the man, the fantasy sports guy on Twitter, give him a shout out. Um, He's the fantasy sports guy. He's currently 12 and one. 
Okay. Okay, been, pretty good. He has Jason Tatum, Jamal, and Jamal Murray. Okay. He has to give up those two and his first round pick for Kawhi Leonard and Clay Thompson. Hmm. Okay. Well, I feel like, you know, if you if you take a step back and you say Kawhi, top, you know, five player, Clay Thompson in the top 30, uh, Jamal Murray, not so much. And Tatum has been struggling. So right off the bat, you're talking about a huge, huge upgrade to this season. And I think a lot of people forget uh, when they're playing in dynasty leagues that the point is to win the league. Uh, this guy's 12 and one. He's already doing really, really well. That means he's probably already got a really, really good, uh, obviously one of the better teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. And he's about to get a top five player and like a, th- a third round player for guys who have a lot of potential. Um, I would say the answer is you absolutely take Kawhi and Clay. You sacrifice that future for a championship. Um, and you also sacrifice guys who maybe never, like Tatum might not ever be as good as Clay Thompson. Oh, I'm with you there. No, you already you got Clay and Kawhi, so if you can bring them onto your team with whatever your salary, whatever salary you have going on, if you can keep them in the next year, you have the right to keep them next year. Um, you have that going for you too. Kawhi and Clay aren't old men. Yeah, but here's the thing: like both of them are free agents, so you could lose potentially lose both of them. That's true. Um, so they're definitely so like that means like you're forced to. If they if they get signed in free agents, if they leave, if they if Kawhi leaves Toronto and Clay leaves Golden State, uh, I'd still do it for the for the rings, man. You gotta do it for the rings, hundred percent. I'm in. I, you do it. And I went with a similar strategy to yours with one caveat. He threw in the fact that he was already twelve and one. Now, if you're at the twelve and one that maybe you lost a fluky week because some of your better guys only played a couple games. And you feel like you're already that much better than the rest of the league. You're giving up not only two young players, but two pretty good contracts, right? Like neither one of those guys is making max money. And you might be able to swing for the fences on a player who's, you know, a little more locked in. Sure. Like all the big names are going to make a ton of money, but maybe a little more locked into that contract. So I said, if you already think you're, you know, enough better than the league that you're going to win the league pretty much no matter what, maybe you make a smaller upgrade and you keep those two really good contracts. Just figuring, I I mean, because both those guys could be just this year assets. So you got to kind of know your team and know your league too. Like, sure, sometimes it's great to make this, you know, win the championship move. But if you're already going to win the championship, you don't necessarily need a move like that. That's a good, I mean, that's a good point. If uh, you feel super confident in your team, like, but that's the thing, anything can happen between now and the uh, and the end of the year, end of the playoffs. Well, but, so, I mean, Kawhi I, Leonard and Clay Thompson could be the two guys that get hurt. I mean, anyone could get yeah, hurt. That, that's that's certainly true. Um, that's a good point. I think that's a good caveat. I would actually just go with the, the most, I'm not even taking a chance. If I can win the... If I can win the league, I can win the league. I'm taking it, and I'll figure out a way to kind of like the uh, the Rockets approach, where it's like, hey, get all your people, give it your best shot, uh, see if you can take on uh, the rest of the league, 
And if you if you lose a, a fluky game seven where you miss 33 pointers in a row, uh, so be it. And then you figure it out next year. There's always a way to make a trade. Uh, so I'd say go for it. I'd say make that trade. But uh, you, you make a good point that if you don't need it, why go overkill if you if you if it hurts you in the long term? Right. And, and I mean, I'm always a big proponent for going to win now, too, because I mean, whether your league just plays for pride or it plays for money or it plays for a trophy or, or whatever you guys like to play with, play for, you know what I mean? Like winning that should be the goal every year. So if you can win the league, I think you always win the league. And if you can make moves to better your team to win the league, I think that's always a smart strategy in, in any kind of keeper or dynasty league. So, I mean, I like the trade. I think it's a good trade and I think I would make the trade unless I really thought I was that much better than everybody else. I like it. That's an interesting league, Tyler. Good, good question to the, well, who's this guy? The fantasy sports guy. This fancy. He's the fantasy sports guy, man. That's a great, that is a great uh, Twitter handle. Shout out to the fantasy sports guy and shout out to all of our listeners out there who uh, continue to send us questions and feedback for the show. If you guys, if you really want to support the show, uh, just like a, a, some of our listeners are already doing go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. You can help support the show. Um, and you will have direct access to Tyler and I to provide feedback for the show questions and, uh, all sorts of other goodies out there and extras for our subscribers, including early access to, uh, our mid week podcasts. So go check that out. Patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Tyler, Let's talk about week 15. The week to end all weeks. Are you you've got your article out there on hashtag basketball.com? And as always, it is full of nuggets of excellent advice. I don't think there are many Denver nuggets in it this week, actually. Yeah, that's true. Usually we it, usually the nuggets have an interesting schedule. I'd actually say the nuggets are often in your in your uh these are these are the other nuggets oh okay the the uh the the ones that bring quality to your week ahead and you know it's an it's an interesting week as always uh monday 11 games being played so i think last week we kind of you know, lobbied everyone to make a play for uh getting a stream from last week Maybe a Sun Saturday game, Sunday game, and stream into the beginning of this week because we have eleven teams playing on Monday, ten teams playing on Wednesday, and ten teams playing on Friday, and nine teams playing on Sunday. So you're going to have pretty packed rosters four out of the seven days this week. So getting your streams in on those off days is going to be very important. Most teams are playing four games. Uh, and we got Charlotte and Indiana playing two games. So, uh, Tyler, what, what's some of the things you're looking at on the waiver wires for uh, Week 15? Well, first off, I think it's important to say that Monday, which is probably when you're listening to this, is a great day of basketball, right? It's Martin Luther King Day. There's games all kind of throughout the day. Um, there's a ton of games on. The League Pass is still on for free if you're not a subscriber, so you can kind of watch all the games. Um, and it's just a really fun day of basketball. Um, so there's that, and you know, there's a lot more games this week than we saw last week. So it's it's gonna make playing any guy playing two games really hard. Like even Kemba Walker and Victor Oladipo, man, I'm looking at my waiver wire going, is there a four game guy here? Because 
I mean, think about it. If Victor Oladipo averages 20 points a game and I get a four-game guy who only averages 10 points a game, you know, in the in the long run, that works out to be the exact same total. So, you know, it, there's probably guys on your waiver wire that average 12 points a game that are on the waiver wire. So, you know, if, if points is what you need, Victor Oladipo is actually hurting you in that category, whereas you could pick up someone like Dwayne Wade now – you can talk about Wade here in a minute about how he's always a little bit dangerous because he gets out at any point being 37 years old and on his farewell tour, but he's averaging 14 points a game and he's on the waiver wire in over 70% of Yahoo league. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So you got to be smart about those two game players. I wouldn't play miles Turner, anybody like that. I think about Victor Ladipo and Kemba Walker, just depending on my league. And even the three game teams, like there's 18 teams playing four games. There's two playing two games so you know the simple math is that there's 10 only playing three times like those guys you got to think long and hard about those players too yeah i think when it comes to any of the the guy your your normal starters uh your high-end starters with three te- three games this week probably a good play but as you're saying uh Dwayne wade could end up scoring 60 points over the course of this week and victor oladipo could end up with 42 45 simply because of the, the difference in the games played. Uh, and as you mentioned here in, in your article, uh, Dwayne Wade, risky of a pickup to play for an entire week, but this week the Heat do not play in any back-to-back games. That's a, that's a great nugget of information. Yeah, and you know Wade played in that last back-to-back, so even that like has is, is been positive. But you never know, and so – I mean, I'm I'm a big proponent of Wade this week. Though, like Wade is playing well, and it's not vintage Dwayne Wade. Right? Like he's not scoring 20 points a game like he used to, but you know he's still producing a really relevant stat line. He's giving you four assists a game. He's going to give you like 16 assists for the week. He's going to give you two blocks. He's going to give you pretty close to 16 rebounds. Like that's going to add up and be very very useful in your roster. And so picking up Dwayne Wade is probably a pretty good move. Yeah. I, I think he should be pretty solid. Uh, we did run into a handful of uh, injuries over this last week. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is going to be out for probably almost the rest of the year, uh, at least two to three months with uh, surgery on his hand. Uh, and I think you have a Bobby Portis in this um in this lineup here of guys to pick up. He's owned in 42% of the leagues. Uh, do you also think Jabari Parker? I mean, Jabari Parker's been actually getting off the bench and playing uh, lately. Uh, do you see Jabari Parker's value going up with Wendell Carter out as well? So, and you watch the Bulls maybe a little bit more than I do. I don't know about anymore. They depress me so much. I think you might we might watch the exact same amount. Well, unfortunately, like for both these players, like they're not – no one's really winning with this Wendell Carter Jr. injury, right? Like, I mean, sure, Porter's got 28 minutes, gets the Nuggets, but then the other two games have been 17 to 24. Like, those aren't great numbers. And you mentioned that, you know, Jabari Parker's actually getting some minutes now, which is good, right? But even him over the last five games, he's only averaging 17 minutes a game. Now Jabari can still fill it up, right? And you know Jabari's going to take lots of shots in those 17 minutes, but he's not really getting you anything for steals. So – I mean, if you need 12 points and five rebounds, like, okay, like, it's fine. Um, yeah, both 
both Jabari and, and Bobby Portis are, are probably deeper leagues, or if you're in a points league where like you don't care about ca- uh, the other categories that those guys don't give you, uh, th- they're probably better ads for that, especially Portis, who I think will benefit most with Wendell Carter being out. But, uh, you know, it, it's good. It, it is good to see the, their values going up. Are they going to be standard league relevant? I think Bobby Portis could be. Uh, but these are both probably waiver wire pickups at best. Yeah, and and it's important to say that you know, when you if you play in a daily league, like streaming in Jabari Parker isn't the worst thing if you need some points. Like we've seen even in 17 minutes against Lakers, he he knocked home 18 points. Yeah. You know? So I mean there's there's maybe there's someone better. It all just depends on your league and that's the stuff you gotta look for. Like if we're looking for just points, say you need points this week. We mentioned Dwayne Wade. The other guy's probably Colin Sexton. He's only owned in 45% of leagues. Like he's averaging 14 and a half points a game. Now his stat line isn't great and he's not helping you in a lot of other places, but maybe points is the swaying category in your matchup this week. And Sexton's a pretty good ad if you need points. Yes. Colin Sexton, who has been, I think, a little um, off and on this season, kind of uh, on people's rosters. Like, I've seen him kind of living on that waiver wire a lot where he's uh, – people get real sick of him. And he's a little bit of a streaky player, but he's also – you know, he's young and uh, he's got some decent potential. And the Cavaliers really got nothing left to lose. So um, – well, here's He's not th- giving you the, the the traditional point guard stats, but like you're saying, you know, he is still scoring. And here's the thing, and and we talked about this all the way back in the draft. If you remember, Mike, I I kept trying to tell you and anyone who would listen that Sexton's not really a point guard. Yeah, and you know, he, he's not like like he's been proven best, correct. His best, you know, attribute in the future is going to be as a sixth man for someone like one of those microwave scorers comes in, shoots a lot of shots, scores the ball, but he's never really going to be a big assist guy. I don't, I don't see him maybe ever averaging over like four, four and a half assists unless he gets a lot better than that. And it's important to say that he's really young and he could, but this is really not part of his game right now. He's not going to get you any defensive stats. He's going to shoot a poor field goal percentage. Like he's going to actively hurt you in some spots. But he's also going to get you like 15 points. Yeah, so like there, there is a there is a value there for particular league for particular head-to-head matchups, trying to you know, you know squeeze out as much as they can down the the stretch run of a week, right? But uh, you know, overall, is he a great fantasy player? Even a good fantasy player? No, not really. No, and then that's why I think you see him on the waiver wires and. Honestly, he's in the streamers class for me. Like, I, I would not be owning him in the standard league. No, I would not have him rostered on standard league either. Uh, I do, you know, it's always easy to get intrigued by rookies, and I think a lot of people fall victim to that. And uh, we do a pretty good job of, uh, I'd say, staying out of the rookie fray. I think we were mostly hits on our rookie predictions. I was big on uh, Jaron Z- Jackson Jr., uh, you're obviously big on uh, – we were both big on Luka Doncic. Who am I kidding? Uh, I think we kind of got those – we told people to stay away from people like Marvin Bagley and Colin Sexton. And, uh, you know, the rookies rarely pan out. It's only in this last, you know, three to four years where, you know, there's been a, a one to three rookies uh, a year that are, like, not just fantasy relevant but, like, excellent at, at fantasy. So – uh, now I think people are getting that rookie hype, and uh, Colin Sexton is definitely one of those people who's just, you know, like you were saying, you, you 
the scouting reports show he was not a point guard. He has not been a point guard. Yeah, and it's important to remember that just because, you know, when you're watching the draft, especially if you're watching on ESPN or, you know, you're reading about the draft and it says point guard, like some people get in this mindset that, oh, he's good at steals and assists and, you know, maybe he's not the best scorer in the world or or maybe he is, you know what I mean? Like you got to actually read about the players and watch the college games and watch the summer league, like things like that to know what type of player the guy is. And I think some fantasy owners like just fall into the trap of, oh man, I'm going to draft Colin Sexton last round. He's going to be the starting point guard for Cleveland at some point this year and give me six assists and a steal and a half a game and like 15 points. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's just not Colin Sexton's game. And it's it's also people are, are, are drafting Colin Sexton late instead of overlooking someone who's in your list here. Etwan Moore. Etwan Moore, always uh, underrated, only owned a 25% of the league still. Uh, plays 30 minutes a game, gets you a couple assists, a couple rebounds, a couple three-pointers, uh, almost a steal a game. Uh, a, a much more interesting end-of-the-bench player, a much more um, just statistically relevant across the board and consistent across the board, uh, even though he could also be considered a waiver-wire end-of-the-bench type of player, he's actually going to perform that well all the time, which you know puts him in. Uh, a, a league of players who are often overlooked in drafts who then end up in on rosters before the, the before the second week is out. Yeah, and it also maybe makes him a little bit worse of a streamer in the sense that, like, okay, you know, we've seen guys like Colin Sexton when they're going to get a lot of shots, man. Like, he's Colin Sexton's had a 29-point game. He's had, you know, four or five games where he scored over 20 points. You know what I mean? Just in, in the last couple months. Whereas Eton Moore, like, what's his ceiling? He's maybe going to get you, like, 15 points. You know what I mean? Like, he's the ultimate steady Eddie player. And if you need that steady production to win your matchup, that's great. If you need a home run, you maybe want to go for someone more like Colin Sexton, who's got really big peaks and valleys. Yeah, um, those steady guys, much more attractive in a weekly lock league versus, you know, hey, I, I got to swing for the fences here at the end of the week um, in between Etwan Moore and Colin Sexton. Hey, take your chance on Colin Sexton. Um, and I think, you know, that's, it's just, you got to play your rules. If you're in a weird dynasty league, when it comes to free agents, you got to play your rules uh, and, and knowing what those, uh, what those stipulations are and how to maximize your potential to win. That's the whole, that's the whole beauty of fantasy basketball. And that's the, that's what we enjoy figuring out and doing here. Um, I want to, since we're talking about the Pelicans, we have to mention, of course, out of out of obligations to our uh, sponsors, hashtag basketball.com, we are obligated, as always, to alert everyone that Anthony Davis will be out one to two weeks due to a left finger sprain. Tyler, I know there's a lot of people mourning the loss of Anthony Davis out there. He's had a very... Has uh, a very healthy um, year, and is also one of the greatest fantasy basketball players of all time. This is going to be a huge, huge hurt for anybody who owns Anthony Davis. But whenever there's an injury, that means someone's opportunity is going up. So you know who on this Pelicans team are you th- think is going to see the uh, the bulk of the uh, the usage bump or the uh, the value bump with Anthony Davis being out for the next couple weeks. Does a superstar have a worse, you know, kind of fill-in 
than Anthony Davis. Like this whole Pelicans bench thing is not good. So I think you're just really going to see more Julius Randle, more Nico Miritich, more Drew Holiday as far as minutes shots. Like they're just going to try to use their their guys that they're you know have been relying on to take the Anthony Davis production. And obviously that's not going to be Anthony Davis production, but I mean, I don't really see them. They're going to play some of these guys that they haven't been playing, right? Some more minutes, but I don't think any of it's really going to be that exciting for fantasy to you. Yeah. Like what does it matter if Darius Miller plays 30 minutes or Julia Okafor ends up playing 22 minutes a game? Like maybe you could see some, um, some rebounds in 22 minutes a game from, uh, Jaleel Okafor, but like, are any of those guys going to be standard league relevant even in 25 plus minutes? I'm I'm kind of with you in the fact that they're not. I'd say the starting five somehow ends up eating quite a few of those minutes. Maybe you're going to see more Alfred Payton. So that might be the guy to pay attention to is uh, perhaps Alfred Payton ends up playing uh, starters minutes. And uh, that might be the flyer I take in this particular situation if I had to take a flyer. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because Nico Miritich is still kind of on that minutes restriction, right? Like he only played 24 minutes in their last game. So, I mean, and Drew Holiday's already averaging 37 minutes a game over their last 10. Julius Randle's already averaging 33.1 minutes per game over their last 10 games. So it'll be really interesting to see who they even give the minutes to. And, and I don't think that person's going to be extremely fantasy relevant for sure. Yeah, that's the sad thing about this. Very, very sad and um, lower than mediocre. This is very poor bench that the Pelicans have surrounding this very good starting five. So, yeah, and, and it'll be super interesting for me to see how that affects the Pelicans in the standings, right? Like that West is so packed tight that, you know, missing Davis for two weeks is huge for their playoff chances, right? Like they're already kind of on the outside looking in at 21 and 25, but they were only four games out of the hunt. You know, he misses two weeks here. They could be not very good in those games and be all the way down to 14th in the West. Yeah, that could end up costing them. Well, actually, that's it's kind of wild. That small, you know, butterfly flapping his wings could end up costing them uh, Anthony Davis for the rest of his career. You know, like they miss the play. They, they miss a few. He misses a few games. They lose a few more than they expect. The West is too tight. They end up missing the playoffs. Anthony Davis decides to leave. They end up trading him because, you know, they'd rather trade him than lose him to free agency. Um, this could spark just like it's weird that something this minor could end up really changing the course of NBA history. So half season prediction, more than half the season over. Um, who are you going for in the West? Eight teams. Let's hear it. The Mike the Mike's Western Conference playoffs. Go. Wow. All right. Well, I think obviously the Warriors, they um, are the team to beat. Denver is is uh, one of my uh, more one of the more fun teams to watch. So I'd be I'd got a root for them to uh, to make it. I think Harden and the Rockets are now got their shit together and they're they're definitely going to make it. Uh, obviously the Thunder and the Blazers. I'm never going to count out Pop. So, oof. I think I'm, I'm going to root for the Kings. I'm going to give a push to the Kings. And, man, 
that's pretty that's wild because like now i'm dropping out a lot of decent teams here uh i think i only have one more team left you do sir that means I have to choose between the Spurs, Jazz, Clippers, and Lakers. No, you said – I thought you – okay, well, if you didn't have the Spurs and then you have to – No, I, already, I guess I already said Spurs. So Jazz, yep. Clippers, and Lakers. I guess the T-Wolves and Pelicans are in it too. Oh, boy. And Dallas is right there, and Memphis really isn't that far behind that last that, spot. Yeah, they, neither one of them are very far off. Uh, the Clippers have played – the Clippers have played great. I don't want to give – I mean, it's LeBron. I hope LeBron misses the playoffs. That'd make me very, I'd, I'd be very pleased with it. But we all know what's going on here. LeBron's been sitting out an extra amount of time to get his rest because he's going to have to carry this team into the playoffs, and he's going to do it. Yeah, and, and I actually think the Jazz are going to edge the Kings. I think it, you'll see. Oh, sadly, uh, you're probably right. Right. And and I, I don't know that we're going to get a fun team, right? Like the Clippers would be fun, right? No one really expected them to be great, great. The Kings, you know, even the Pelicans, like always watching Anthony Davis in the playoffs would be cool. You know, watching Luka Doncic, the rookie in the playoffs would be cool. That'd be fun. Um, That Memphis team with Jaron Jackson, like they're not the most fun team, but that would be kind of a cool story. I think we see pretty much the chalk of the t- all the teams that made it last year, except for the Lakers sneak that, you know, kind of. Last spot, and I actually think the Lakers probably finish sixth or seventh. They get on the opposite side of the Warriors, and they probably knock somebody halfway decent out in the first round because LeBron carries them. Oh yeah, if if five teams in the West missed the playoffs, and they all could have been in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, do the do you think they finally get rid of this these conference rankings? Like, who cares about the conferences anymore? Well, I mean. <laughs> And looking at it now, it, I guess it makes the schedule making easier and all that stuff. But like, would you rather see, you know, the even let's go as far down as the the Grizzlies or the Mavericks, right? The third, the thirteenth and fourteenth teams in the West. Would you rather see them in the playoffs or Charlotte? Easily, I'd see the Gri- Grizzlies over the Wizards, over the Pistons, over the Hornets, over the Heat. I don't give a shit about the Heat. Like all those teams, I don't care about. Yeah, and so you know what I mean. Like I, I think that at the best, at the end of the day, you want to put the best product on the court, and yeah. I just think that the West has a lot better product right now, and that's that's okay. And at some point, the pendulum will swing back the other way, right? It always it's does. been a couple decades, Tyler. When's this pendulum going to swing? I mean, and sometimes the East gets sold a little short. I mean, I'm not going to make the case for it this year, but there have been a couple years where you know the East had some some really great players and the West was a little bit lacking and, you know, you'd have to just kind of go through year by year and, and sort it out. Um, and some of the years, right. In the recent history, people have gone away from LeBron on purpose, right? They figured, Oh, it's going to be hard to beat LeBron in the playoffs. So I'm going to go to a Western conference team and try to win that way. And now they're all out there bloodbath in each other, trying to beat the warriors, which they can't. Yeah. And I mean, It'll be interesting to see, you know, no, no dynasty lasts forever. So eventually the Warriors are going to fall off and it'll be interesting to see which way the pendulum swings at that point. Yeah. There's a, there's so much talent in this NBA and so many new young guys who are going to be incredibly talented as well. Like I'm looking forward to the, you know, Anthony, Anthony Davis is still, you know, not that old. Um, I'm looking forward to like three years from now when you're not living under the, the LeBron Warriors uh, 
just shadow. And you got like a, you know, a 28 year old, 29 year old Anthony Davis. And he's kind of like the best player in the league. And, uh, you know, all these, all these new teams, all these young guys coming in, all these, all this great talent. Uh, the NBA has never been stronger. And I think it's going to continue to get stronger. And that's, that's going to be exciting. Well, and I think that, you know, kids nowadays have just this big advantage that they can see a lot more basketball and they can see a lot more everything, right? You talk about any sport. That's true. You know what I mean? Like, it used to be like the, you know, things were regionalized very much because there wasn't the, you know, mass media. And, you know, it was hard to watch an NBA game even 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even in the 90s, it was, it was hard to get your hands on anything other than your local team and the national game, like the one or two national games a week. Right. And so, you know what I mean? Like now people all over the world can see these games and it it's like, you know, people are all surprised by these European kids that are so good, like Luka Doncic and Zana Musa. Like, it's not that surprising to me, man. The game's global now. They can all watch the NBA from the time they're two years old. You know what I mean? And get better. And so that's yeah. a good thing. That's and, a good thing for it's everything. It's an awesome thing because, you know, they, they're finding, you know, people like Joel Embiid. Like the, those people – uh, who have the the physical um, just statistics to be an amazing basketball player? They're getting those people basketball at an earlier and earlier age, and getting them playing in organized uh, leagues, and and getting them you know enough experience to to be able to actually get you know either play in college or play in the in the pros. And I I think you're this is the first year I've felt a difference in fantasy basketball. Usually, fantasy basketball is very, very normal cadence. There's certain players, and like the top ten, none of that's surprising at all. But once you, usually, it's the top thirty or forty are not surprising. And I think if you look, if you go look at the rankings right now, after you get through the top ten, there's a handful of guys that you would have never just like, wow, like I can't believe. Vujovic is number 11 per, per game. I can't believe Tobias Harris is number 21. Uh, I can't believe DeAndre Ayton is number 23. Like, th- There's a lot of guys out there. I, I, I think you feel the shift happening with the old guard, uh, especially this year. And, I mean, we've talked about that for the last five or six years, right, that it's been this, like basically all the same players in that top 10. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? The fact and that Carl Anthony Towns came out of nowhere to jump into that top 10 is incredible. And then Giannis working his way up too is also incredibly impressive because to get into the top 10, you legitimately have to be one of the, if not, you have to be in the MVP race to be in the top 10. Well, and, and here's the other thing too, like even that top half of the second round for the last three or four or five years, it's been Chris Paul, it's been John Wall, it's been Paul George, it's been like, it's all the yeah. same. And so it's going to be real interesting to see some new names jump into that and some you know, do some new blood and some new talent. And some of those older guys are, are going to start falling off like Chris Paul. Now. I mean, can, can you really take him in the second round anymore? Probably not. Especially since like assists are pretty, like no one's getting good assists anymore. So it's like Chris Paul is like a real advantage. Right. But to, to stay relevant in uh, your assist categories, you really don't you, you don't have to load up on a Chris Paul. You're getting assists from non-traditional guys like Jokic um, or uh, uh, what's his name? Old what's his name? Draymond Green. There it is. <laughs> old old Hoosie Watsy. Old Hoosie Watsy. Marcus Soule's almost averaging five assists a game. Uh, Bradley Beal's averaging five assists a game. So like you're getting 
non-traditional stats from uh especially like assists from different types of players and everyone's hitting threes so like well, those are the two biggest n- new threads in fantasy basketball over the last year and kind of linking this back to the conversation we had earlier right like that's why if you see a guy in the draft that says point guard right like it doesn't mean he's a point guard right everyone in the draft was saying oh luka Doncic is a small forward or a power forward well in a lot of ways isn't he a point guard you know I mean, like anyone can be a point guard now. Anyone can be the primary ball handler on the team. It's not just the quote unquote point guard, right? We don't have everyone being John Stockton and Gary Payton anymore. It's yeah. Sinnerson threes. Thad Young almost gets two steals a game. Like there, there's always been these weird players out there, but now it seems like we are truly entering a positionless basketball type of era. I think it's exciting. I love it. I absolutely love it. Let's knock off the end of week 15 here with focusing, as you do in the article, on the games, uh, game days where we're not seeing so much action. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday are the low marks in those day, in, in this upcoming weekend. As you mentioned here, the Portland Trail Blazers actually play on th- three, three times on the light schedule days. So, like, that's a team to focus on if you are in a weekly lock league. Uh, is there any of these back-to-backs that you particularly uh, that you particularly like? Well, I mean, I think that the the very first one on Tuesday, Thursday is the one to target. Um, you got the Suns playing, right? So the Suns have a lot of interesting options, especially for steals of blocks, which we always talk about, right? They're the lowest numbers, so they're the easiest ones to make an impact on. You got guys like Mikel Bridges, who's averaging 1.4 steals and half a block. Now, unfortunately, he's not doing a ton else, but the you know those. Games can make a big difference. You got DeAnthony Melton, who's, you know, I played like 17 minutes a game now that Devin Booker's back, but he's still getting good steal and block numbers, and that's really what they're using him for. Uh, Josh Jackson's kind of the same way, so you got to like that. Um, as far as Blazers, guys, right, the Blazers have a really great schedule. They don't have a lot of really great streaming options. Um, if you need assists and rebounds, right, uh, Evan Turner's getting you four assists and like five rebounds a game. So – Taking three games of that, you know, that's that's pretty good production. Um, you got Mo Harkless, too. If he can just stay healthy, man, he's still averaging almost a steal and a block per game. You're still, you're still riding that Mo Harkless train, aren't you, Tyler? Well, I, I mean, first for his streaming, if you know he's going to play in 21 minutes a game, he's legitimately averaging a steal and .9 blocks. Yeah, I mean, like, th- there's a reason we've had him on our radar since he was in Orlando. He he's got the fancy talent. It just man, I don't I don't think he'll ever ever play enough to to make it happen. Well, and he's one of those guys who's just a little bit injury prone. You know what I mean? Like you don't like to say that, but I mean they just keep adding up. And now he did have, you know, in the last five years, two relatively healthy seasons. But the other three are forty five and fifty nine. And now this year, you know, he's only played twenty seven games so far. So. It's trending like he's going to play about half the games again, which is not great. So, And it's always the same kind of thing, those knee injuries, and it's just – it's worrying. But at the same time, like, you know what I mean? Like there's still a ton of potential there. And if they just play him 30 minutes, right, we saw the season already. He was basically a triple one guy when he played 28.9 minutes a game in 2016, 2017. He's a 23-year-old kid. So yeah, he's still incredibly like younger than you people guess always. 
Yeah, so, I mean, there's the potential there for that. And, you know, also on that day, you know, you got Nerlens Noel, who, if you need steals and blocks, Nerlens Noel will probably be the best guy on your waiver wire if you need both categories. He's averaging a steal and 1.4 blocks. Um, he still only plays like 13 minutes a night. But he gets the numbers, man. Yeah. They, those things, Some I don't know how he does it, but he's doing incredible things in just 14 minutes when it comes to production when you look at his per 36 it's still crazy after all these years uh looking ahead to week 16 sunday monday you do have the clippers and the knicks uh maybe shea gildas alexander or noah vonley both good uh streams there and as we always say you know if if you got the week locked down make sure you keep an eye on uh on next week and and if you can use one of your starts for this week one of your pickups for this week, if you're in a pickup locked league, which I highly suggest if you're in a, in a head-to-head league, uh, to uh, boost your stats next week, you should always do that. Yeah, and, you know, next week is another, you know, good week to win a matchup. And some people forget that, right? Like, oh, you know, I'm going to go all in for this week. Well, sure, that's a good week to win a matchup, but next week is the same, right? And so getting a little bit of advantage in both is good. Um, as far as next week, the schedule gets a little bit more spread out. There's only one day. Saturday has 12 games, so nobody will be streaming on that day. Every other day, though, the streaming is probably available. The next largest is Wednesday with eight games. So getting a few extra games is going to be important next week. Um, if you're looking, if you got the week wrapped up and you're looking for a Monday, Tuesday back-to-back, so maybe you could pick that player up on Sunday and get them for both Monday and Tuesday where there are five and seven games. The Brooklyn Nets would be the team you want to look at. Oh, so okay. there is that. If you're yeah. interested in that, little take. yeah, if you're, if you're playing a weak team this year, this week and you're, you're going to knock them right out, uh, you know, around Thursday, Friday, start evaluating on whether you want to save some of those uh, streaming pickups for, for next week. Maybe you get a hard, uh, schedule next week and like like tyler said there's gonna be a lot of streaming going on next week so you're really everyone should take full advantage of that so if you can get an extra game or two that could boost you over the hump and that could be really important because we are starting to approach playoff time tyler yeah and i will say this too about next week um there is exactly 11 teams that play four games and the portland trailblazers only play once Ooh, well are they traveling um, I am not sure because they play Utah and Utah has three games. So I can't imagine. Oh, probably. No, it doesn't sound like that's very, that's very weird. We'll have to figure out what that's about. Um, Tyler, do you have anything else you would like to plug? Uh, no, man, that's about it. Um, as always, it'll be another crazy week in, in fantasy basketball. And you mentioned it, man, we're reaching the stretch run here. This is week 15 already. Um, a lot of people are starting their playoffs around week 20 now, so we only got a few more weeks to go. Yeah, it's getting tight out there. And as as we uh, as a lot of playoffs uh, begin, we will still be providing um, our weekly stuff, our waiver wires. But you know, we're also going to be start looking ahead to next season, doing some dynasty uh, and keeper discussions as we move forward. And if you guys have dynasty or keeper questions, tweet them at us. Tweet at Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes, and we will address your dynasty and keeper questions here in a future podcast. But if you just want to give us feedback for the show, we're also open to that as well. If you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. It helps Ooh. people find us. 
and I'll throw this in right at the end. We will have some very fun episodes in those playoffs. We'll like, you know, we'll do our first round for next year. I might even convince Mike to do a few surprise players, like players he thinks are going to take the leap next year, and I'll try to prognosticate a few myself, and we'll see who gets who gets the upper hand in that. Yeah, that's what I mean. We'll have, we'll keep track of that for next season as well. Uh, we're also going to do our. Uh, I think we we've done this a couple times now. Uh, do a uh, All Star awards that we make up because. It's really easy to go. Who's the best fantasy player? Okay, it's, it's Anthony Davis. Cool. Who's the best guard? Uh, it's James Harden. Okay, we're going to make up our own uh, all-star uh, awards, as we always do. And uh, probably even do an all-star draft for those of you who are uh, addicted to um, any type of fantasy basketball. Uh, a lot of people out there do a draft for the all-star game. So if we were doing points scored in the All-Star game, we're going to give that uh, a go as well. And so we got a bunch of stuff coming up. If there's anything you want to hear, like I said, reach out to us. And the, one of the best ways you can reach out to us is on patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, you can basically help support the show, keep us running, and help influence the direction the show goes in. So check us out, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Subscribe as soon as you hear this. Like, what are you doing right now? Go subscribe. Uh, I think that's it, Tyler. You got anything else? No, that's it, man. All right. We will see you all very soon.